Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You receive full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President of what? That's not funny, Pliskin. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. 24 hours, huh? I'm making you an offer. Bullshit. Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. Welcome to Flick Flops Cult Classics, the podcast where we dive feet first into the wild and wonderful world of films that have earned cult status. Each episode, we'll flip the script on cinema's most intriguing and unconventional films, exploring the hidden gems and eccentric creations that have captured the hearts of dedicated fans. From the bizarre to the brilliant, these are the movies that may have flopped at the box office but soared in the cult scene. So grab your popcorn and get ready to challenge your movie taste. This is Flick Flops Cult Classics. This week, we discuss Escape from New York, the 1981 sci-fi action film from John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell. In the movie, we learned that in the late 80s, the U.S. went in the crapper. Well, I mean, that's kind of... Anyway. Wait a minute. That's when it, that's when it happened? <laughs> At some point. And made Manhattan Island a maximum security prison. When in 1997, the president's plane crashes there, they send in Russell, a convicted bank robber named Snake Plissken great name to go in and rescue him for a full pardon. Are we card carrying compatriots of the cult classic created by Carpenter? Find out in this episode of flick flops, cult classics, cult classics. All right. Oh, I escaped from New York. As you said, 1981, Gary, 1981. Let's see. Let's go over some numbers here. Right. Quick. Uh, Rotten tomatoes has this thing sitting at 88 with the critics, 77 with the audience. That seems about right. I thought the audience actually might have had this a little higher than 77, but whatevs. Yeah. Uh, the budget for this was $6 million. So that's that's a good chunk of change there in 1981. Uh, box office numbers I've seen are $25.2 million. I don't know what that adjusts for um, in 2024 numbers, but that's what it is. Uh, this was written by Nick Castle and John Carpenter, but Nick Castle would be known for such films as August Rush and Resurrection of Bronco Billy, better known as a as a director of classic films like The Last Starfighter, Dennis the Menace, Major Pain, and Mr. Wrong. That's what Nick Castle would be known for. And of course, Carpenter known for Halloween, The Fog, Assault on Precinct 13, and Thing. Christine Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, and it goes on and on. Carpenter is a goddamn legend. <laughs> Sorry. You, you could edit that. Uh, and he, of course, Carpenter directed this film. Now, I love Carpenter uh, for Halloween. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to say that up front. I love Halloween. Um, the Fog, I, and I just, I'm just doing a little, I'm scatting here. I did a little just looking at his numbers. The Fog actually gets really bad reviews, and I need to go back and rewatch that. Maybe we should add that to our list, Gary. I don't – I somewhat remember the film, but then when I started reading I was like, maybe I don't remember this film, so. Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. John Carpenter's The Fog, starring Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Houseman, 
Janet Lee as Kathy Williams, and Hal Holbrook as Father Malone. The Fog. What you can't see won't hurt you. It will kill you. Between midnight and one, it will find you. You know, what would be interesting to do would be to go back and watch, uh, you know, a catalog of films by a particular director. Dude, let's do John Carpenter. Because you got Assault on Precinct 13, The Thing, uh, Christine, which I didn't know he did. Of course, we're both King fans. I just recently watched They Live, maybe a year ago again. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that would be fun. I mean, there's many, many people we could do that with. Uh, that oh, yeah. That would be a blast. But, uh, but anyway, so this one is Escape from New York. And yes. That's our numbers. So That's let's, our numbers. Uh, we could go into the ratings at this point. Well, let's, you let's wanna, save those to the end, I think, because um, we're not we're not doing ratings. We're doing whether we're cult members. Oh, that's right, right. We're not doing ratings. We're Yeah, so let's, let's – I mean, we'll call it, you know, let's – this is our discussion yeah. moment, but um, – I'm just trying to make Gary edit more stuff. Thank you. <laughs> because he doesn't have enough stuff to do in his life. Wish I could make a weird, like say a weird thing right now that would be totally out of context and then throw <laughs> that in the middle. So be like, what did he edit right there? But I got nothing. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're probably hearing all of this. Like pumpkin spice. <laughs> what? You're crazy. Uh, I have a critics review here, Gary. Hey, um, I didn't actually pull any for this. So I'm curious I'd- what you came up with. Yeah, I got some notes. We can talk, and you can just rattle, ramble on with me. Um, the critics' review on this I chose. Uh, Marianne Johansson from a, a site called Flick Philosopher, uh, which I thought was fun because she does it with F, not a PH. <laughs> so uh, kudos to you, Marianne Johansson. This is her review, and I I will say uh, it, will, it will tip my hat to which way I'm leaning, but I agree with her. On this, and this is something you and I, when we first started this podcast, Gary, we talked about this was one of the catalysts for why we started doing this. So here's her review. Oh, Quote, okay. <laughs> I remember it being a lot better than it actually is. So if you have a fond memories of a long ago viewing of Escape from New York, I'd suggest not ruining them by revisiting this film again. End quote. So we talked about stuff like remember we talked about watching films with our 2024 eyes or 2023 eyes and how we thought something was great. When you watch it back, you're like, Oh God, this film's horrible. Yeah. Um, Now I don't necessarily think this film was horrible, but I agreed with her. And then it's funny when I started watching this, I realized I had actually watched this within the past year and didn't realize that when we talked about doing this film again, Oh really? Cause I'm watching, I was like, man, this looks really familiar. Not like, familiar from when i watched it say 30 years ago like i've seen this recently and i can't remember when i watched it because <laughs> i remember making fun of the same shots i was like that looks oh i've talked about this to myself <laughs> uh so here's my notes um okay. carpenter originally wrote the screenplay for escape from new york in 1976 in the aftermath of nixon's watergate scandal put that in your pipe and smoke it uh, the film's financial backing uh, people preferred Charles Bronson, Tommy Lee Jones, or Chuck Norris to play the role of Snake Pliskin to Carpenter's choice of Kurt Russell, who was trying to overcome the lightweight screen image conveyed by his roles in several of the Disney films. So, okay. but I think, uh, I think Kurt Russell was great for this. Yeah. I, I personally, uh, I mean, I could see Chuck Norris, but 
Charles Bronson, when the way what I read, they said that he felt Chuck Nor or Charles Bronson was a too old to play the character, and B, Carpenter had said he goes, if I have someone like Chuck or Charles Bronson on the set, I I felt that he would take over the set, and I would lose control of my set because he's such a veteran actor. Yeah. Um, he said that's why he part of the reason he didn't want Charles Bronson. Um, this film was shot in East St. Louis, which was interesting because they said they were trying to find uh, a city that looked like burned out future New York. <laughs> Sorry, St. Louis. <laughs> East St. Louis looked in 1981 looked like a burned out New York City. Uh, and he actually said that the they he convinced the city to shut the power off. From uh, like you know midnight till six a.m. while they were shooting, uh, for the whole block. So if you were living there, they just killed the power until six a.m. Wow, I know. I mean, I'm sure they they probably weren't really disrupted in East St. Louis. Like, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, what else do I got? Okay, so I, I my note is this, and you may have may pull this up and read some of the names, Gary. Yeah, uh, I got some names. There was this is a phenomenally great cast of actors. Yeah. However, <laughs> I think the acting was very flat and boring and it looked very amateur to me. A lot of the acting did. And I'll say specifically, I thought Harry Dean Stanton's character was just it looked like he was either high or <laughs> just didn't care about what he was doing. Yeah. And I hate that cuz I think he's a pretty decent actor. Mm-hmm. Uh Ernest Borgnine I thought was pretty funny. I I Enjoyed his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, who was it? Um, do you have the list in front of you, Gary? Who was yep. it that played the, uh, the 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 main, like the police, the guy who said. Legendary sentenced. Lee Van Cleef. Van Cleef. <laughs> I didn't think he was good. And I'm sorry. I mean, I'm probably offending some people. I'm like, I, 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 maybe it's the script that isn't good. I don't know. Yeah. It just. And maybe you can comment on what you, if you saw what I saw when I'm watching this guy act, I'm like, I don't know. This seems like a, a local school production, you know, local mid- theater production to me. Well, I want you to get all the way through your notes before I go too far. Okay. So uh, I did love the note of special appearance by season Hubley. <laughs> and- because. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm like, that's what I said. Yeah. It'd be different to special appearance by. I don't know, Jamie Lee Curtis. That would have made sense. Who, yeah. by the way, Jamie Lee Curtis was the voiceover. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. Um, but you would know Season Hubley, Gary. Let me tell you why you would know Season Hubley, because I looked it up. Okay. This is what kept me awake at night. <laughs> uh, she had made appearances in the Partridge family, Kojak, and Starsky and Hutch, as well as some soap operas. So when they say special appearance, I think it was being kind of generous because I don't know who the hell she is. No knock to you, season Hubley. I know you're still alive. She later went on to marry Kurt Russell, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, after the film, she oh, they married in 79. Oh, so, so wait, she would have married you before. I'm sorry. Maybe that's why that's a special appearance. That's a special appearance because it's called nepotism. <laughs> and it probably should be maybe redacted to be appearance by... <laughs> Yeah, appearance by <laughs> Kurt Russell's wife. It's not so special, but anyway. And yeah, in case you wondered who she was, Gary, she was the no, girl in the chock was. full of nuts uh, coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, I, I saw that because I was like, who, like, who, who is this special appearance? I don't recognize the name. And then, 
course I saw the the part of it, but that's like also um recognizer, but after uh after their honeymoon, that's how how he referred to her as chock full of nuts. Oh hey yo edit <laughs> Uh, what else I got? Uh, of course, this was after uh, Carpenter's success of Halloween, so he had a little juice in Hollywood, and he got this film made. Because when he originally pitched it, nobody wanted to make the film; they thought it was too bleak, and uh, it kind of is. I don't disagree with that, but that's okay. He got a little um, juice, and then proceeded to inject it into Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> uh, anyway. I, I love how the film is, and again, this is what this is part of what I enjoy. When we go back and watch these films because this was set in night in the futuristic, violent, dystopian world of 1997. Right? Uh, hey, I'm okay if you want to make Manhattan a, a uh, prison. I, I have no use for that, so that's fine with me. That doesn't bother me. Uh, but I do that's love how Manhattan viewers out there. Yeah, for the for the one viewer we got from Manhattan, <laughs> I apologize. But um, I I do like how. Uh, in 1997 the future uh all the vehicles still look the same as they would in 1981 including the helicopters but people have these giant face shields on so that's how you know you're in the future <laughs> not that we have again this is after star wars had been made so it's not that we have hovercrafts and all kinds of we just have helicopters and jeeps and cadillacs with chandeliers on the front of them that's yeah. dystopian <laughs> It's an interesting take. <laughs> I have a picture of that, by the way. We can add if we need to. Um, I do like how uh, when Snake's intake, when he was going into the prison, you know, it's all just like, I'm tough, I'm bad to the bone. If you listen closely to the voiceover, it says you have the option to terminate and cremate now. Attention, you are now entering the debarkation area. No talking, no smoking. Follow the orange line to the processing area. The next scheduled departure to the prison is in two hours. You now have the option to terminate and be cremated on the premises. If you elect this option, notify the duty sergeant in your processing area. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hellish inside here. You could just go ahead and volunteer to die, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll save you the health, the hellscape of Manhattan. Um, he chose not to. Snake is a bad to the bone. Of course, he walks in with guns and weapons and what uh yeah, i love most of them quickly <laughs> uh yeah i love the um the uh escape pod for air force one looks like a giant egg yeah i think that's what we shoot our president again in the future that's what we use we use yeah. borrow the set piece from mork and mindy <laughs> Uh, I thought it was it, it again. We're now we're after the fact. It was it's haunting to watch a plane crash into a building in New York City. Yeah, um, after you know, after nine eleven, because you're like, oh man, that kind of kind of foreshadows something. Mm -hmm. um, oh, speaking of foreshadowing, Gary, I thought uh, this is interesting in today's climate. When he gets the jab in the side of the neck, right, and they yeah. in, they input the microchips that could explode his arteries and kill him. I was like, interesting, because that's how some people think <laughs> the COVID jab is now. So, you know, hey, uh, hey, I, I'm avoiding it. I don't want to. Gary doesn't want his uh, microchips. To, to, <laughs> I don't want to. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, in 1981, someone thought that this is a potentially <laughs> yeah. interesting way to kill somebody by, you know, popping up your, your arteries there, bleeding out inside. Um, 
Oh, and my last note is again, just a, again, you're looking at the future. This is the the wild, wild west of the future of 1997. It's good to know we're still using cassette tapes in 1997. Hell yeah. We had not moved on to any other form of <laughs> holding data. You know, at that point in time, I don't think they can envision. Well, CDs we were, weren't even we, out. Where would we, where, yeah, exactly where we would go. But again, it was tape. <laughs> I say this, Gary, because again, we've this is after Star Wars. So remember, we had yeah. droids, and she could record into the Holographic, droid. Yeah, you're our only hope, Obi Wan. Lucas had at least more foresight to go. Just <laughs> use a cassette tape. No one's ever going to think that's out of date. Why would cassettes <laughs> ever go out of date? Ever. Technology oh. will never advance past this. <clears throat> is that your last note? I'm done. Okay. <laughs> he spent. Uh, all right, but look, I didn't, I didn't write any notes. I just had a defend few it, Gary. Defend it. I can only defend so much. Um, I will say first of all, some of the actors in here we already mentioned: Lee Van Cleef, well known for a lot of spaghetti westerns, um, kind of yeah. one of those old Hollywood guard that's kind of one of the the badasses of the of the day. Um, Ernest Borgnine, war movies, probably westerns. I'm guessing I can't recall off the top of my head. Donald Pleasance, which was who the I love. Incident. Isaac Hayes. So yeah, man. Hold on. Um, Check this out right there. There you go. Yeah, with the chandelier. You go with the chandelier. Tell me that scream the future. It, it does. It does. Because I'm, yeah. Because you got headlights. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually considering having that. Anyway, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, as we mentioned, and, um, a fascination for me as a child, um, Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so I'm sure that that was uh, anyway. Um, I did note also that there are two characters names that I thought were interesting, which was Cronenberg and Romero. I did not catch that, but I do like that. Not you pointed. <laughs> so, out. so real quick. So that's, that's my only real notes other than to say that when I started this movie, I have not seen this movie since, as we've discussed multiple times on TV, that is my last real recollection of seeing this movie. And um, while I like John Carpenter movies, um, I went into this kind of wondering how is the effects and everything going to play out when it's a movie from way back then and with what they're going for. And I will say, this is kind of weird that the artwork that, the poster shows the head of the statue yeah. of Liberty, which is if you go back to your picture is still ex is still attached so i don't it's know still, why that's yeah. a part yeah, <laughs> i don't know why that's on the poster or anything it has nothing to do with anything um other than the fact that they have their you know their base of operations for the security of the prison is um is it statue of liberty but yeah other than that i couldn't figure it out so <clears throat> so what i was more conscious of watching this this time was really effects kind of stuff. Cause I was like, how was, how did he pull this off back then? And I found myself getting more caught up in that than really the story too much. Um, I will say that I, I like, there's a lot of cool stuff about them. I've really, I'm first of all, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan. I just think that I really like just about everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think he plays this character really well little cheesy at times with the talking like that but you know it's he said he was going for a clint eastwood uh yeah. effect which he, i think that's a fair dirty yeah. harry 
Um, hearing the other choices um, that you mentioned earlier, I was like, ooh, I, I couldn't imagine any of them playing. This I mean, role. again, maybe Chuck Norris, maybe, maybe, but I think Kurt Russell's just got a much, I think a much better. more uh, charismatic. Not that no knock on Chuck Norris, but for this particular film, um, I don't know. I just can't picture somebody else in it. I guess might be. Yeah. Might be weird if it was the other way around, and I'm and I'd be going, "Why Kurt Russell? That would be weird." But um, so there was a lot of it that, and there's a few notes in the movie where I recalled it as a kid, but most of it I couldn't remember. Um, so seeing it again was like well, I'm reliving some of this, and there's some really dumb things that happen in it. Um, but to me, it gets back to reliving that time period, and so as I'm watching it, I, I have this nostalgic feeling. For as I'm, as I'm watching it and yeah. it's returning to those vibes I felt as a kid and watching these kind of movies. And just, I, I was such a sucker for sci-fi and action movies and stuff when I was a kid that like I was getting into it. Uh, there's a, there's a little lull, maybe two thirds of the way through the movie that kind of was starting to lose me. But for the most part, I actually enjoyed it watching it again. Do I think it's a great movie? Absolutely not. Definitely not <laughs> Carpenter's best, but, um, but I thought it was really, to me, the effects of the movie too. Other than seeing the the plane thing, <laughs> there's a few shots of the plane that look absolutely ridiculous. But for the most part, whatever practical effects he was using, I thought came off very well. And, and having the city there at night probably made a lot of that. Oh, thank you for thank you for putting that on there because that is something I wanted to mention. Do you think uh, the 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 Omega Race we'll effect or the tempest the tempest look? But the seeing the co- the copters flying towards the city, having a wall and stuff, and some, yeah. I was like, it, it actually looks fairly convincing. Um, yeah, not not the uh, the little hover with the glider or whatever he was using. Um, Superimposed on a screen. One of the things that I absolutely did dislike was exactly what you're showing there. I probably would have forgot it if you hadn't shown that. Yeah. Um, the fact that that was, you know, I, I remember a tank. Yeah, I'm thinking about Atari games from back that's in the day. It, that's, I was drawing, what game is it? There's that one tank game that reminded me a lot of those, you know, polygonal uh, things. And, and they're using that as if that's like their their sensors and stuff. And they're looking at and And I'm sure part of that was, hey, we've got the ability to use this to replace it with trying to do something with filming where it would have been an issue. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like probably a, a smarter cop out for trying to make some of that stuff in a, in a different way uh, with miniatures or something like that. Um, but I that that besides the cassette thing, besides the vehicles, this was another thing that terribly dated the movie. <laughs> it, it made it really. In fact, the other thing, and I'm glad you put that one up, too, because it says nose view. Yeah. Um. I I thought it was hilarious that There's you can clearly see you can clearly see what you're looking at in all of the shots yeah. but there'd always be that little label to let you know down view just as you yeah. as you're looking at the buildings kind of passing by it's like right. this is the down view it's like no shit I yeah, yeah, I, I got that <laughs> so cuz remember um, it's the future yeah I, but I thought, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to see like a new take on this. Uh, and I know there was Escape from L.A. Um, not too no, long I, ago. I, I agree with you. I would love to see this rewritten and reshot. I yeah. think the idea is good. I, I'm not. I, I think 
the script was, I, I didn't sit and focus on the writing because yeah. you know, it's an action film. I just would like to see, I could, I'd love to see a modern version of this. And I, I'm first one to gripe about Hollywood remaking old films like Jesus, just do something original. But this is a good idea. It's one that, that could be executed in, in a much better fashion now. I know that goes back on the effects thing that I've mentioned in the past. But um, but it's even the little things. And then the updating it. I think this is one that could be updated a lot sure. better. Um, and, and could maybe... Uh, take the storyline and add some, you know, more forethought <laughs> with how the future could play out and, and stuff. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I would, I would, this is one that I wouldn't mind seeing a remake of. Um, this will be our first flick flops cult classics script project that Gary and I will rewrite. We're going to rewrite the scheme and submit to Hollywood and say, look, officially it. <laughs> this is it. Put, throwing down the gauntlet, Gary. All right. Well, let's just, uh, let's, let's close this out by, Confirming whether we are or are not called members of this film. And I, Andy, I'm, I already know where you're going to land, but let's go ahead and see it officially. Yeah, I will say I am. I'm not uh, a cult member of this one. I would probably, I'll probably never watch this movie again. So this, uh... <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, in regards to our old, our other podcast we do ra- rankings gary i mean i would have given this a three okay i, I don't think it's horrible but it, it's not good um my brother the great chainsaw would love this movie yeah man yeah. uh <laughs> so that's my barometer if my brother would think it was great man. yeah man <laughs> hey man but um I also read another review, and I'm paraphrasing where the person said, if you want to see a better version, a representation of a dystopian rundown uh, New York City, watch The Warriors. Yeah. It was more realistic, and I, I would agree with that. It, it, but again, this is this is a different idea. This right. is where Manhattan is an actual prison. Yeah. So, But I, I, I agree with what they're saying. Two notes. First of all, let me go ahead and throw mine in here. I will say that... Remember, and here's why I, I would watch it again. I, now, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be anytime soon, <laughs> um, but I could see me wanting to revisit this at some point in the future. Just kind of have that same feeling that I had, you know, for being a kid. And uh, and I, and I get that. So it, I'm not going to say the movie's great again. I There is so many flaws and problems, which most of them Andy pointed out. Um, there's probably more that we missed, but oh, yeah. um, but there's that. I will say this is. This kind of struck me as funny. So I mentioned I saw my parents this weekend, and I and they were like, "Which movies are you doing next?" Because my dad is not a fan of horror movies, so he's like, "They don't watch the ones that are." He's not watching Terrifier. He's not watching Terrifier. But um, I said we were doing Escape from New York, and he was like, "Yeah, it was a terrible movie," (laughs) Which (laughs) which I thought was funny. But what he said was, he goes, "But you know what? I was thinking about that movie the other day." He was like, I was thinking about the current state of things and how like people are trying to get out of New York right now with the Yeah, you know, stuff going on. Don't want to yeah. get political or anything, but then there's people escaping New York right now. It, and I was like, Yeah, it's funny too, because the the sequel to that dad is Escape from LA and there's a lot of people going out of there too. Dude. Uh yeah. so if anything, the titles um still 
ballot anyway. Yeah, I mean, Carpenter was he, he foresaw the future a little bit. Yeah. Well, you get that many people congested in an area. I mean, you're just going to have problems when, yeah. you know, oh, we yeah, can't, you can't have a circle of like five or six friends without somebody being a pain in the ass at some point. So, yeah. I'm not pointing. And if you don't recognize who the pain in the ass is, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, just real quick. I, I, same thing. There's older films that I like to watch. We've talked about older films that, yeah, I know they're crap, but they take me back to a. Uh, and I and I totally get that. This yeah. just isn't one that I have any fond memories of as a <laughs> child. Um. And you know I'm not a huge sci-fi uh, fan, right? Because I always, and it's a it's a flaw in me. I always want to nitpick what they think the future is, and then of course <laughs> when when you've lived past what they think the future is, and you've like I was alive in '97, and I was like that is not even close to what '19. There was zero chandeliers on cars in '97. I won't <laughs> tell you that much. I don't know. You can't say zero. <laughs> now this. This year we did see a lot of in 1981 playing video games at Aladdin's Castle. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's yeah. I, when you said tank, I couldn't remember the one dude. I was swear I was, I was researching through my Google history, uh, classic 80s video games. Yeah. Uh, Tempest was the closest I came with that look, but you're right. It was a tank game. Yeah. So I hope that I don't you remember find, the name of it, but um, but yeah, I hope that you can find the graphic and throw it up real quick. Just I to, will hopefully have that. <laughs> But that's it, buddy. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, let us know what you think of doing cult classics. We um, we we are enjoying kind of going back in time and revisiting some of yeah. these films that um, a lot of people enjoy, um, and uh, just getting just reliving our childhood to a degree. Uh, but what do you think about it? Um, let us know and like, comment, subscribe, and and give us your thoughts. We appreciate it. Take care. Yay. This has been a Touch of Madness production brought to you by the creative minds at Tommy Twins Media.